so there's this really cool story, right? Uh -huh. So you, you know, you know, David Cage likes to be creepy with Ellen Page, right? There's all that stuff, the books and all that. We talked about it before. There's really? another one. There's another one I ran across. Real good. Okay. So Ellen Page actually sued Quantic Dream because without her permission, they nude modeled her body for the game for Beyond Two Souls without her permission. So uh, there was just like nudes, you know, model of her out on the internet. And uh, that was totally David Cage's doing, 100%. It was his call. And uh, yep, so there's another creepy story for you. Get that in. Just kind of sweep that right under the rug. Gabe, did you just start the podcast with a creepy story about David Cage? Yes, I did. In fact, good reason too, because David Cage is kind of a creep. Huh. Well, speaking of David Cage. So, Beyond Two Souls did okay. Heavy Rain did okay. It did we great, boss. Game idea. What can we do? Ooh, ooh. Uh, as your other advisor, Tyler and uh, Cam over there, uh, I don't know why I'm referring to him because I'm my own person. We were, we're of equal position. Uh, I say we make a new game uh -huh. and we put ro robots, the robots. Uh huh. Uh huh. And they, they can do stuff. They can do stuff. Uh huh. Like uh, cook and I guess have prostitution rings. Uh, yes, no, we could do. Definitely. What yeah, do you think, definitely. David? It's prostitution rings, Android prostitution rings. I we, think we, too. Not human prostitution rings because that's no, terrible. No, that's different. I'm gonna say never, never do that. No, never do that. But we need very important, right? So, androids. We got to make a story about androids. And I, I know you, David Cage. You're a genius. You don't want to. Why? Well, yeah, feel my thunder over here. Of course. Any historical references? We don't want to. We want to rely on your genius solely. We don't want to no, do any it, sort of. No, they're all original ideas, not borrowed from anywhere. Let's repeat right, right. American history. No, no, no. We can't do that. What we need to do is have the androids, but we mm. put them in the back of buses. We borrow no, them that, from certain terrible. places. No, it's not. No, it's not racism. It's androids. It's not at all a reference. I know we're in Detroit, but it's fine. It's I like fine. it. And well, yeah, Detroit. Detroit's definitely the setting, hundred percent. Really? And, but why Detroit? Well, because, um, hmm, well, you see, I mean, there, there was some civil rights stuff there, but you don't have to worry about that. Choice, you don't have to worry about that. It's the obvious choice. I obvious mean, choice. It, let's put it right next to. It's right next to Canada, and Canada was very well known for migration of slavery to freedom. Yeah, we can we have. Need, it needs to have a place where they can run away to, like like a like but a like a rail or something. It's not yeah. Slavery. Well, I mean, right now in present day Detroit, it's like terrible. It's run down. It's declared bankruptcy like three times. We can't do it in present day. No, so we can do it in the future because then we're going to future infusion of cash and tourism. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to the future for this, yes, but how many years in the future? Because you know, Look, we, somebody, androids are pretty advanced. Down. Androids are pretty advanced, so we don't want to. We want to make sure we have enough time, to, you know, to go from here to androids. It's very important to get that in. How, how so many years do you think? Clearly, uh, 20 is fine. I mean, we don't have androids now, but 20 years will have fully functional human androids that are just completely like humans, yeah, right? 20, 25 yeah, years. Yeah, that's that's yeah, more no, than enough time. Well, I, I think mean, we hit no. segments in 2010. We'll, we'll get the androids in time. Yeah, no, perfect. Perfect. That's, uh, okay, uh, that's so all 20 years from now. Fictional drugs. I want some red ice in that. Yeah, fictional drugs. Fictional Ooh, drugs. Yeah, because everybody loves the fictional drugs. These are great ideas, it. guys. Keep them coming. But okay, remember... Okay. We're not borrowing. We're no, 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 no not, allegories. Uh, no allegories never. whatsoever. This uh, we never. We can't do any allegories about racism. Original ideas only. 
Mm, mm, mm. Ooh, ooh, I, I haven't done that since heavy rain. Even that was a stretch. <laughs> Did we do the one with the ghost as the second personality that helps the main character one? Uh, yeah, we, we ah, did that. Uh, but what if, okay, can we, we can put something supernatural in, right? That makes sense. Yeah. I'm sure we can, maybe. Yeah. That always works. They love it. You're yeah, a genius, like David Cage. You're a genius. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is all my doing only. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, no, we know. David, we know. David Cage, uh, we got a great game in hand. What, what are we going to call it? Um, well, it's so about- we have these androids. Right, right. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. They're only allowed to do certain things, mm-hmm. but no allegories at all. No, no, nothing. No, no reference and, to slavery. No, and people don't really. I would imagine people don't really like them because um, they're taking people's jobs. Yeah, and they're not human. And they're not. And they're not human. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so, what if they? What if the goal of the game is for them to become human? Okay. All right. Wait, wait, and wait, wait for this. And because it's set in Detroit, <laughs> Detroit. Become human. Oof. Ah, here we go. Oof. You're a genius. You're a madman. You're crazy. My work is done. I'll wait for my check at the end of the month. A Thank visionary. You. A visionary. Ah. Sorry, I was waiting for a pause. That way we're going to officially start the podcast. But Cam, bless you. You love to fill it up. Everybody, <laughs> welcome to Casual Master Quest number three. We are at number, number three. three. Oh, man. Uh, the only podcast that can give you the true view of Detroit, both in present day and then in the video game future. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I, uh, I Tyler Vitito at Two Times Tyler on Twitter mm-hmm. fame. Uh, I go to Detroit every single weekday. So really? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, wow. I am a truck driver, so I get the joys of delivering, you know, pool parts and chemicals inside Detroit, you know, every single day for the most part. You know, occasionally I'll go to other cities like Indianapolis, but Detroit, it that's pretty much my uh, stomping grounds for pool stuff. But uh I mean, geez, I, how rude of me. I didn't even introduce, you know, the my ace how team. How could my you? A team. I know, right? I'm Cam, hurt. Hey, what's Cam up? of uh, you know, Detroit become human fame. And then, of course, you know, Nick of uh, D- Detroit become human fame. Also, <laughs> we all have webcams now. We've we're oh, official. We, yeah, everybody gets to see a big, beautiful cells. You can see my trashy house. You get to see the beautiful Nick hairstyle with the uh, Captain America hat. And then you got to oh, see this ghastly Vita collection over at Cans. But you know what? He's good looking. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of makes up for it. One will hope. Oh, man. Well, as I'm sure everybody can, you know, piece together, take a wild guess. We're going to be talking about a certain game, you know, of, uh, you know, Detroit become human fame. And uh, we'll dig into that very, very soon. But for now, let's talk about let's get the the little stuff, the daily life out of the way. Nick, what have you been doing, my friend? We've been playing Um, nothing new, really. It's been a really busy week with school. 
Yeah, um, so a little bit of Overwatch. A little... Actually, I've been playing a lot more Destiny 2 this week. I put in quite a bit of time to Destiny 2 this week, and I've been having fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm shameful to admit it, but I've been having fun. <laughs> You're going to have fun at Destiny 2? No yeah. way. Impossible, bro. It's, you know, it's. they said it couldn't be done, but I did it. Mm-hmm. You just Man, also totally. have to live with the shame a little bit. It's, it's part yeah, of the experience, you know, but hey. Better than hey. having any regrets, right? Yeah, so. yeah. You're having a good time. You're having a good time. And hopefully, yeah. do you have a team of people that you get to play with a little bit? or is it Occasionally, just but right? um, just mostly solo right now. Ah, because that stinks, man. I mostly feel like because I finish up school at like 12 nowadays. So I'm at home by 1.30. So not by 1.30. What am I saying? I'm at home by 12.30. So from 12.30 to about 1.30, I'm just winding down. And so I'll be on. Wait, midnight or? Yeah, midnight. Okay, just making sure. He's like, ah, I get out yeah. of school at noon. I'm exhausted. <laughs> what, yeah, I'm going to have a 10.30 to 12.30 class. I'm exhausted. Flashbacks. I'm done for the day. Flashbacks. Um, no, like uh, three days this week, I've been there from 10.30 to about 9.30 at the earliest. Otherwise, I'm out by 12.30. So, <laughs> bit of a crazy couple of weeks. Three more weeks to go, and then I'll be done. Well, oh, yeah. a little bit more relaxed. Cam. Hey, what's going Cam, on? Cam, Cam. How's hey. it going, buddy? What's oh, good? What's that? Let's it's good. It. It's good. Uh, futuristic Detroit uh, hand sign. Actually, probably shouldn't do that. That might yeah. be. No, we don't want to do that. That that probably. Uh... The, the peace sign is retrograde <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I'm sure whatever that is, is also an allegory for something. So. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh uh, what what have you been playing, man? Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I got of course on Detroit a little bit. I know this week's been very busy. We actually got uh, an early review copy for my other project of Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle from Arc System Works. Nice. So, uh, we've been hammering away at that, trying to get a review squared out, doing some you know early preview streaming of that sort of thing. So it's for me, it's tough because I don't really play fighting games, and I really have to lean on my friends in the project who really do. Right. So you know, I've had to kind of really go outside my comfort zone and jump on fighting games for that. So whew, <laughs> that's been a time. You got a favorite character for it? I don't know any, so you could yeah, pick up so names at this point. It's a big crossover game. So it has uh, characters from Persona 4 Arena, has characters from really? Uriel. Yep, has wait, characters wait. from Blazblue. Do the, does it have Chie? Yeah, it has Chie. Oh. <laughs> you know it has Chie. Oh, baby. Oh, but I've actually been using Noel Vermilion, which is a character from Blazblue. Uh, she was really, really good in what we were just testing out yesterday. We did a little stream of that. And, uh, of course, Chie and you from Persona, because I played a little bit of Ultimax and uh, Arena and that sort of thing. So, yeah, mostly just doing that. I'm playing my Emerald Randomizer. We started that on Monday. And uh, not too much besides that. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. What system is that on? So that's coming to Switch and PS4. Okay, cool. Yeah. I-, I was hoping you'd say Vita, just because I know the reason, but you know. <laughs> a little too really. late for that these days, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. yeah. For the big releases, at least. How's your uh, Pokemon Emerald run going? Great, dude. I will say that was probably one of the most fun experiences I had with streaming that actually right on Monday. We had so much engagement. We were gum- coming out, you know, talking a ton. We had, you know, the-, the adventure of Bad Meat began, my character Bad Meat, and my starter Huge Coward. And uh, we got very lucky, and we've made some progress. So huge coward is that your skill or no? That's just that's my starter. Huge coward. She's a huge oh. coward. I don't. Know. Yeah, that was, a, really. that was a fun playthrough, Cam. I was well. Yeah, yeah. Watch a bit of that. That was really fun. It was a good time. Yeah, oh, we're gonna continue right. that on Monday too. So now I gotta watch. Uh, what time <laughs> on Mondays do you usually stream it? Uh, that's gonna be at seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, so, so yeah. I would be out of state, but you know, I would be in a hotel room, lonely at night. So you know, I could spend some time with my one of my yeah. buddies. Yeah, you got to cuddle up with uh, randomizers, you know. Mm. <laughs> Plus, uh, hopefully by then I'll have my uh, PlayStation Vita 
Mm-hmm. Which, ladies and oh, there goes my phone. Anyways, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I knocked the phone out of the way. You know, modern day technology, something higher classes come out. It's true. I, for the video it. listeners or watchers, I have the PlayStation Vita. It's the original model. I have had it for a while, but I, you know, I never found a use for it. However, Cam has somehow managed to talk. Like my best friend's been trying to like he pretty much gave it to me for free. He couldn't convince me <laughs> to actually play it. But Cam somehow like resparked the fire, and I think it was mostly Persona Four. Like, man, I missed you, yep. and so I was getting ready to play. I was like, man, I can't wait to take over the road. Oh, I don't have the charge cable. Well, let me yep. just grab it. Oh, nope, I can't use my USB charge cable because it's not micro USB. Proprietary, it's, it's a proprietary uh, thing. Now yeah. the bad news is I don't think you can find that anywhere uh, new. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely I mean, you'd have to find a warehouse in China, pretty much, to uh, get that. <laughs> The the good news is uh nobody wants one, so mm-hmm. they're easy to find in Amazon. Yep. <laughs> so I managed to score one for ten bucks. It should be here next Tuesday. So next Tuesday. In the meantime, God forbid I play a, a little game called Detroit Become Human game uh, of the year. Yeah, we gotta or, do that. I haven't heard of that game. Or Persona Five. Oh man. Now that that is a game. And it's so weird because there's like half hour segments where it's like i hate this game i want to get through the segment and the other one's like i'm having a good time <laughs> yeah yeah i did not get much further i'm probably at like i think the 13 hour mark i've okay. completed the the first palace mm-hmm. so I, I defeated shadow kamishita and uh i was very happy when you know it's like oh you're gonna get almost an entire week just to do whatever the heck you want and it's like actually no you'll Probably won't because you have pre-scripted events that you have to do for yourself that won't give you any, any bonuses. Yep. It's like, oh, at least I get an item that gives me thirty, you know, thirty thousand gold. But they're gonna have a uh, five-star buffet over at a hotel that costs twenty-four thousand yen. Right. And it's like, yeah. okay, fine, whatever. Just take the win out of my sales. <laughs> yeah, that's really, I think, only gonna be for that one scripted-wise like that. But it's also kind of a difference I have between four and five. Most people like Persona 5 much more. It's uh, definitely more accessible in terms of, you know, being a mass market appeal thing right now. Yeah. But for me, Persona 4 was a lot more about the character interactions and a lot more about, like, the the social links and going on adventures with friends and actual friendship and that sort of thing. Whereas Persona 5, they focus so much on the story that they even make fun of the fact that they haven't been doing, like, too much friend stuff. So no uh, I, my preference is for four over that because I like that stuff a little bit more. But uh, yeah. And I was talking about like this whole idea of, you know, multiple j- things that you juggle in this game. Mm-hmm. I was not experiment or experiencing them until this point to like how far I realized because now I got a job. I work at a you know, convenience store. I, I got to learn to juggle when I can raise my charm or my guts. Mm-hmm. And I can only do that on certain days and especially on, you know, Thursday or Mondays and Fridays and when it rains. And it's weird because all the stat boosting stuff I tried to do has been giving me next to squat. Like yeah. I've gotten one level two now. And it's like, I, I can't talk to uh, Anne anymore because she does. It's like, Oh, you need to have, you know, level two and this and level two and that. It's like, I'm never going to get those for at least a month or two. And by then yeah. I wouldn't even care anymore. Yeah, it takes a long time to level things up, but you really have to look into how optimizing how to do it, definitely. Right. Honestly, I would suggest 100% if you're playing Persona 5 and you want to do the social link dating route to just look up ahead of time what stats that girl needs and go right for it. Oh, yeah. Because uh, uh, keep in mind, you have a year, basically. In-game, you have basically a year to build up all those stats. So Right, because uh, 
I, I, I might have Googled uh, Persona 5 best waifu and uh, you know, it popped up a result of the list of all the characters. And <laughs> yep. you know, I'm looking like, oh, that's, you know, that's a cool character. Oh, you know, I, you know, Hikamori kind of, you know, Futaba. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, Makoto. Makoto, though. Makoto. Makoto. And it's like, Makoto may not be a Chie, but she she has a little bit more sass. I haven't, oh, I've barely met her in game. Like, I, I kind of had like a light looking to see, oh, uh, what's her uh, story? When am I going to get to see her? It's like, actually, I might be able to get to see her very soon. And uh, I'm excited for that. But in the meantime, it's like, well, if you want to actually talk with her, you got to raise your charming up pretty high. And it's like, all right, bathtubs it is. Yep. I'm going to go. Uh, got to get sexy. <laughs> I'm going yeah, to sit new to, with a bunch of old men on Mondays and Thursdays in my medicinal baths. That's how you do it. And That's the trick. That, that 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 is persona five uh, i have not seen who my next target is officially i don't know uh i have, unfortunately haven't been able to play it for the past few days just because of how busy i am and then when i finally get free time uh you know game of the year detroit become human comes on the table it's like ah oh, crap i guess persona five is gonna sit i'm just worried because i know if i put a game off for more than the week it almost drops the chance of me picking it back up to yeah. like maybe 10%. Yeah. It's a really scary cycle because I know once I go back, it's like, oh man, I forgot how to do this. I forgot how to do that. You know, I got to relearn stuff and I get really discouraged or I could play a movie game. And yeah. So, or you could, or you could watch the movie game. I can watch a movie game. Uh, <laughs> is there any other games that you guys want to talk about, about uh, the old uh, topic of the topic of the show? Hmm. No, you know, I think uh, I think I got everything out in terms of Emerald, in terms of Blaze Blue. I mean, if for the Blaze Blue thing, like we're we're kind of uh, what's it called? We're going to have that review out when release comes. So yeah. that's we have to put out that basically. So we can't we can't talk extremely about it until then. But we can just show off some small stuff and stream and that sort of thing. So uh, we can play some verses. You know, it's definitely really really fun. The one thing I really like about it over other fighting games is a lot of fighting games these days will have tag mechanics where you have multiple characters and. You tag in and out basically they'll always recover basically a little bit of health if it's in the red bar when right. you tag out they get to rest but in this game you have basically unlimited tags so you can tag as much as you want and the assists are on a crazy cooldown as well which usually isn't the case usually the cooldown for assists in other games is like you know are oh, we seconds. talking like marvel versus capcom you just yeah. push a button and they charge right in yeah but the cooldown on it's like four seconds three seconds and it's oh, just wow I really adore having that much tag ability and just being That's able to switch like though. that. Because you can cover your entrances with it. You can cover your defense with it. There's so many different ways you can use it um, that, you know, I'm having a great time with that. So Yeah, it sounds like a fun combo system. Mm-hmm. I never really experienced a style like that uh, besides Marvel versus Capcom. Yep. Uh, I think the PS2 one, so two i guess uh <laughs> well they've been all released on a few things for now so yeah uh, so well, arcade to whatever yeah. uh but i think really when i heard of that style system was uh naruto Nar- naru yeah naruto yeah. ultima ninja storm yeah yeah or ninja storm you know whatever i think it's called ultimate ninja storm it is yep. you know you could pick uh any character you like and if you want two more characters that you really like you can throw them on your side they could do cool other side stuff and it's so satisfying knowing when your opponent or usually your friend is going to rather do something ridiculous and you just, you know, you push the, uh, you know, your shoulder buttons all of a sudden two jerk offs just come in and like, hey, we're going to ruin your day. Oh, yeah. Ruin everyone's life. It's the best. It's so satisfying, too. Uh, okay, guys, are you yeah. ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready for this. Let's do it. Uh, we've we been it. getting around, you know, the, the potatoes and veggies of this. I think we need to go straight into the dessert because who needs meat? Because, you know, androids. Okay. Oh, sorry. Plastic. We're going to have to get into the plastic dessert of this. Okay. Don't bite into this ice cream cone. We are going to be talking about Detroit Become Human. 
guys. The cake uh, is a lie, though. Oh, is, is, is that your allegory for how you feel about Detroit become human? Because we do not support allegories in this. Yeah, no allegories. Spam. No, allegories. No, no, I was just promised cake earlier this weekend and I didn't get it. So it's a lie. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it's your birthday <laughs> today, isn't it, Nick? Happy birthday. No, not today. Happy birthday, Nick. Uh, three Happy days ago. Birthday, but thank you. Thank now. you. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so been it your birthday, birthday today. Too. It was my birthday last episode, too. Thank you. Very oh, yeah. Much. Two yeah. podcasts in a row. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. That's pretty crazy. It's rare that happens, you know. Birthday lucky plus. Uh, man. Uh, shoot. Where do we start? Okay. Cam, did you like this game? Uh, not like this game? not any more or less than I expected. Is the best way to put it. Okay. How high was the bar set for you? So what I expect is kind of what I talked about in previous weeks where the game will be visually beautiful. It will, you know, reach the uncanny valley. Probably it's going to take full advantage of the hardware. It's going to look great. However, that's going to hide the David Cage writing, which is going to be the least subtle thing, as subtle as a train wreck, basically. (laughs) And uh, that's kind of what I expected. So he's very good at setting up story threads and then not kind of bringing them home. So my expectations were that it was going to start relatively strong, but there's going to be a lot of very, very ham-fisted, very pushed story elements that weren't subtle whatsoever. There was going to be a lot of historical references, even though he said there weren't going to be. And uh, then I was thinking, and I'm not sure because I'm not that far in, but I still believe maybe, I don't know if there's going to be a supernatural element, but there always is. He hasn't done a game yet where there isn't. So I'm thinking it might come eventually, and I'm just waiting for the drop. Just waiting for the drop. Nick, what do you think, buddy? You say you're a couple hours of uh, at least uh, taking a look at it. Um, as a as a Telltale game, it's it's fantastic. Like as a, you know what I mean. Like it's yeah, a yeah, a storyline driven game. Yeah, it's it's, it's really choice. good in the sense that it really pulls you in, and it does some things to make you care about the characters. Um, a lot of the character stereotypes though are very much overdone like you've seen them in previous movies before you kind of expect what how things are going to play out some in some cases but put that together with the visual uh, visuals of the game and considering the fact that it's a video game i enjoyed watching it um i did have a few issues with um the timeline uh, like you get to see um in that particular chapter or whatever how your decisions yeah. affected things and what the other decisions could have been and my biggest takeaway from this game is that that ruins the immersion more than anything else, because why don't you just let people come back and play through again and again and let them be violent this time if they were like careful and safe the first time. Mm. Right. Um, That was, I think that's my biggest issue with the game. You don't like to see the, uh, the barriers of, or like the, the layout, like what could have been done because in your head, you'd like to think that maybe there's a million different opportunities or decisions. Yeah, and I like show show people that that layout once they've unlocked every possible ending, right? Um, okay. Maybe just to give an idea that there is like there is more that you can do, right? Like uh, an unlockable loading screw, something where people can still keep playing and still figuring out, all right, what could I have done differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because how it's set up now, basically, it shows it, it shows the action you took, of course, and it also shows the opposite action, or you can assume in many cases the opposite action, because it'll say like took the keys, and then there'll be a question mark, and it's like, well, I wonder what. Yeah, I wonder what you know. Oh. Also took the keys, but they blew up. I yeah. <laughs> so it definitely does. You know, the endings are kind of where it leads in the end is kind of suspect. You never really know, but they do kind of show every option just through implication, and that's fine if it's an option, but they do show it to you. 
uh, pretty much every time. It'd be fine if there's an option you could look out, like a VN, for example, where a VN will show that when you go back through episode select and say, okay, I want to get this ending. I want to see if there's an ending here and all that. But they showed at the end of each part. And uh, it, it, for people who want to be immersed that way and don't want to know what all the other possibilities were and want to go through multiple times, that's, that is kind of a barrier, definitely. Okay, so am I the only person in the group then that thinks that this game could be a potential contender for game of the year? Yep. Wow. Because, <laughs> like, I am like, there were points yeah. where I was tearing up playing this game in the very beginning. Uh, not so much in the middle of the end, but maybe it was because I was not anticipating what I'd have to see. I had you know, the old uh, culture shock, I guess, because I haven't been in Detroit long enough to, uh, to be in there in you know, 2030 or whatever. Yep, you know, yep. I think it's like 2036 or something like that. Yeah, it's like 2038. It's, I think it's straight 20 years. So, so that being said, uh, I love this game. There's been a couple of things that, you know, I've been kind of grungy about, and it's the traditional David Cage uh, movement system. Sometimes mm-hmm. these characters don't want to go which way you're holding the thumbstick and it's oh, like yeah. staring the opposite direction. Like, does he, do they want me to move? Yeah. I'll walk sideways. And it's like, okay. And then there's, you know, some pathfinding uh, issues. I had trouble getting to doors. Yeah. There was a stairway. I tried going up. And in fact, I couldn't walk to the stairway. And so an invisible wall stopped me. That was nice. 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 Well, uh, you know what, Tyler, you have a different opinion. So you must be wrong. I definitely <laughs> assured. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mine has a lot to do with, so when I talk about the writing of the game and what I try, want to try and explain is in regards to the subtlety thing, right? So uh, when we say that, or when I say that, you know, he's as subtle as a train wreck and all that stuff, nice. Uh, what I'm more talking about is, you know, this this game is not what he thinks it is because he came in, of course, and said he didn't want to do historical references. He was making a story about androids. It wasn't, you know, shouldn't be construed that there's any correlation between this and the modern day or anything like that or any sort of historical thing. Um, But he's so heavy-handed with it that, you know, he'll put androids in the back of a bus. He'll just have, you know, you'll be walking around and some dude will be like, like, oh, look, another tin can and start kicking you, like, and just kick the shit out of you. And it's kind of like, uh, like that's really, really blatant to the point where it's kind of the best way to put it for me, I think, is that when you want to show sympathy, if you want to show sympathy in a subtle way and make it so that it's like a more a deeper and, and more nuanced experience, uh, they're kind of heavy handedly making you feel for the characters because what they're doing rather than saying like, um, you know, a good example being you walk by a homeless person uh, in the game and he has a sign that says, you know, homeless Android took my job. That's reasonable. I think that's a nice little, you know, aside. They didn't really focus on it too much. It was just there in passing. I think that's the sort of stuff you want to push. You want to push the idea that some people might see them as just appliances, but everybody's treating them like they're literally Hitler. And like everywhere you go, everyone's like, kicking the androids. They're punching them. They're swearing at them. They're, you know, pushing them in dirt, you know, just doing whatever they can to be the worst possible people they can and right. that's the way they're garnering sympathy for your characters is by everybody else is just really really terrible and that's yep. not like a nuanced way of doing things it does freak me out because in the southern regions and obviously i can't tell you because this is based in the future yeah uh racism in a larger extent and uh, you know unfortunately it's more abroad it's there uh up in detroit in some areas, yes, I've seen it. I've witnessed it. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm not there enough to say that I don't know, a survivor or a conveyor of it or whatever, but it's not as prominent in such a widespread way as it is in the South. However, as you said, in 20 years, apparently 
we are no longer racist against actual races. We are just super racist to the robots. And that's part of the that's part of the illusion being broken for me in terms of the writing is because, you know, it's only 20 years in the future and it's so blatant and open anti-red racism in the game, you know, with straight everything because we talked about historical references, but you know, there's an underground railroad, they're putting things in the back, they're putting the androids in the back of the bus. They're doing all this, right? And it's very clearly a reference to slavery. Very clearly a reference to slavery. No, Obviously. it's not. Cam <laughs> But it's not, but not at all. Clearly not. And you wonder for the people in that world, like, do you not have any sort of consciousness to recognize like, wow, hey, look how blatantly we are oppressing the androids, even if they are appliances, like is nobody's there. Nobody has the foresight to be like, hmm, you know what? This feels a lot like the one time we did that in the past. And that was not that great. It'd be it'd make much more sense, honestly, if the type of oppression you were seeing in the game for the story was like a good example. Right. So, like I said, the the case where the you know homeless man, homeless man homeless job, son, yeah. a case where potentially because they do homework, because they're appliances, basically, because they you know don't quote unquote have souls. You could see a few scenarios where, you know, humans won't thank them or like they might say thank you to somebody else or excuse me. They won't do that to androids right. or they might avert their gaze or not kind of treat them as a as a personage. But they're treating them like they are beings, but beings to be bullied and beings to be ridiculed at any opportunity. The best way to put it is that 90% of the game's characters, except for the main characters, are all terrible, horrible people. And that's the way they push the sympathy rather than through any sort of societal commentary. They just yeah, do it as heavy handed as possible. Like there's dozens and dozens of character humans in the game. I can name three people I can think of right now that are actually like neutral to not hostile, which right. is you know part of the same thing to the robots. It seems like if there's so many robots and people keep buying them, why does everybody in this game hate them? They're so hostile that they're humanizing them specifically to be bullied, as Cam said. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's weird. Like honestly, think thinking about it, if I ever owned an Android like that, forget about being nice. Like I would, it would never cross my mind to spend time and energy on a moving appliance and beat, the, uh, beat, <laughs> right? beat them, right? And to like attack them or abuse them because it just seems like a waste of energy. Right? It's very bizarre. It's like they're I, trying to get the both of like the best of both worlds in terms of the oppression and get that sympathy in, but it's it doesn't actually coalesce at all. I mean, the two early examples of like outright violence against the androids is uh, well, the first one is you know pretty much near the beginning. One of uh, the characters is trying to get on his way to get to the bus, and he goes by a group of protesters. One of those, they took our, or they took their jobs, you know, yep. the kind of stuff, shaking their signs and stuff. They see the uh, the poor guy, and they start pushing around like, "Hey, look, a tin can." Yeah, okay, it look, it's corny. Yeah, he, and then they start pushing around. No, but, at least, uh, but that kind of makes sense, though. Like you would imagine, if you have a bunch of angry people protesting something. Um, and, and at protests, there's probably they would need to be a target, right? True. I mean, if they were mad a, at a moving trash can, you know, the trash can replaced all our janitor jobs and they see a moving trash can. Are you <laughs> not going to kick can. that trash can? Of course you will. Tyler, let me tell you about Roombas. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the evil, the most <laughs> ultimate of moving trash can. They must be destroyed. Oh, man, they took our jobs. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it, it's so bizarre just in terms of how they like you're never sure. That, and I doubt I don't really know how much they're going to explore it either, because I don't know if I trust David Cage to really explore it, uh, how the androids function in terms of being sentient. Like, how are they sentient? And how sentient are they? Because we get the impression that they're all programming, basically. Right. And yet, despite that, we see them very much being aware of the fact that they don't like 
they're, they do not enjoy being bullied and oppressed and that sort of thing. Like they clearly have right. emotions. So what's because going on here? It's, it's weird because the, uh, like the first half hour, it kind of portrays it kind of like, uh, oh, everybody's obedient. They, they got, you know, two levels below full sentience. And also it's like, oh, we accidentally hit the breaking point where Detroit's starting to have a bunch of deviants, which yep. they call the people that have uh, they, they start having so many different lines of uh, logic going through their brains that it gets jumbled up in their head and people translate that as them having emotions, yeah. whether or not they're actually having emotions or if it's just too much logic for them to handle, you, you be the judge. Yeah. We'll and find out, but, or if it, it's ghosts, it still could be ghosts. You never know. <laughs> that is, yeah, could be ghosts. And ghost. I was going to say the other example, and I'm starting to realize what you're meaning by how would they kind of overdo it? Yeah. The second example I see is where the guy gets violent with the robot you know, some crappy son wants money and it's clear that he has a drug problem and the, the father has a robot. Yep. And, and the, you know, the robot's like, come on, kid, just get out of here. And the guy's like, oh, you supposed to be my replacement. Why is he so better than me? Why do I sound like the, the prince of all saints, Vegeta? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the dad's like, get out. And he's like, oh, I'm going to take all my rage on this robot, because apparently, even though they look almost exactly like a human, you know, they, you know, they do not have rights. So I, I feel like I should have the right to, you know, kick your cannon because I'm jealous and whatnot. It's just, it's so corny. Yeah. And I, as I say this, it's taken me away from the idea that it's game of the year because I don't care <laughs> if it's corny. I like Metal Gear Solid. That is like the corniest. Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> Metal um, Gear. <laughs> so interestingly enough, I'm taking uh, a class called uh, what was it? The social responsibilities of a computerized society or something social impacts of a computerized society. So we were talking about uh, the ethics of AI and using machine learning in the process of hiring people for companies. And one of our discussions in class boiled down to how, how do you, how do you recreate sentience, like uh, emotions, like thoughts. And so having some of these plot holes missing, would sort of take away from the immersiveness of the game, even if it, even if it's sci-fi, even if it's made up. Just right. having that missing is enough for it to take away from the game. Yeah. And the problem also with this uh, copy-paste editing from Wikipedia, no allegories, of course, um, is the fact never. that it's just when you when when you're capable of making such a beautiful game, you must be capable of finding at least one writer who's capable of spinning history in their own way. In at least as you know, as we were just talking about, like more things that make it seem like it's fitting to that world, right? But still relates to like real ongoing yeah. issues yeah. because it's it's amazing. Anytime anybody wants to tackle real societal issues in the right lens or in the right way, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. But we can't always be hitting things on the nose. Yeah, and what they did basically, the best way to put it is David Cage just looked into the past and he looked at slavery. He looked at late slavery, uh, no, he didn't. and all that. Not. No, you know he didn't. Yeah, no, but he just he looked right at it, right, and then he just took all of it, just brought it over to 2038 and made them androids instead and didn't do anything else. There's no other exploration going on so far, as far as I've seen, right? And I don't expect him necessarily to delve into how the Android programming works and what that means to break away from your programming and any of that. I don't think he'll explore those issues because I frankly don't think he has the chops to be able to. It's funny you should say it like this because as, as anybody that's played this game for 20 minutes should know at this point, there are three main characters you play. Yeah. Uh, you got Kara or Kara, you have Marcus, and then you have, uh, what is the... Uh, Connor. Connor. Connor, the agent. 
Uh, actually, on a side note, what's your guys' favorite character out of the three? Connor. I like Connor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I Connor is you know funny and whatnot. Marcus. I, Marcus is too. Marcus is too corny. Marcus like, is too much of a martyr. <laughs> yeah, but he's yes. like a he's like a, a martyr straight out of like a like a novel, like a, a movie, like superhero comic, like a superhero comic, right? Um, though I love the actor, the actor I can't remember his name, but he's on Grey's Anatomy, and I watch a lot of that, so I love him. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like Kara. Kara, no, Kara is also a solid character. Oh, uh, yeah. I like Connor mostly because Connor. And from what I've seen, Connor starts to, as loyal as he is, he starts to question things. Mm. I think the thing that really draws me to Connor as well is Connor shows the best of the gameplay that is there, I would say. Because when you're doing the murder investigations and that sort of thing with him as the agent, you do get to actually use the cool aspects of the the gameplay system, whereas you don't so much and the others. So Connor gets the full experience, really, I would say. There's a lot of heavy rain in Connor is the best way to put it. Um, and it's also just fun to see the banter between him and the lieutenant and, uh, and well, all that. You, He's you, a boy scout. It's great. You, yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> ah, they, they give Kara a good couple of uh, heavy rain episodes. Uh, I'm not sure how far you in. How far are you in so far? I only got to right after the scene you described, actually, where uh, Marcus pushes, or you can choose to or not, but Marcus gets in the fight with uh, Leo. the ah, son. Yep. Okay, yes. Uh Later on, there's a lot of fight or die situations, you know, between the three of them. Uh, not between the three, but mm-hmm. they uh, they get their own s- scenarios. I, I have I won't... to ask. I have to ask. Have you gotten to the point? Because I need to know. This, this is very important. Has there been any creepy, suggestive sort of uh, pseudo like sexual assault scenes with Kara? Because he's done that in every one of his games with female characters. You know, fail. you think uh, there was a situation there was where... One where it seemed like it could have been. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. There was one I'm like, she's walking down the stairs to a dungeon. I'm like, this like, is oh, totally going to turn like, into a, a sex. It's, it's like a horror movie. Like, why would you? Why would you? Oh, I heard a creepy noise and all my pets are dying. Let me go down into the basement, into this <laughs> dark basement I, that's yeah. filled with water. And People I've never been down here in her. six years. And the scene like, uh, you need to get out of here. This is a terrible idea. And she's like, we can do it. That's OK. And then yeah. it turns out Scooby-Doo. But there is uh, another scene that involves them going to an android uh, brothel, a, a gentleman club, I oh, guess okay. you could call it. So you know, you, you will get to see stuff like that. I haven't seen that scene with Car yet. We haven't okay. gotten the, the naked shower scene yet. Sorry yeah. to say. Well, because I was gonna say, generally, he always—it's just something that it's a story that he really likes to focus on. I guess it's because he's French. You know, Europeans <laughs> are a little bit more uh... showering me like when you're French girls. Well, he just <laughs> likes to, he likes to have these scenes. No matter what game it is, he's in. He always likes to have these scenes where the female character gets in this really like scary scenario. That's a clear sexual assault uh, scenario, like borderline rape scenario, and uh, it happens in pretty pretty much every game. Like I remember it in Beyond Two Souls. I remember it in Heavy Rain. Um, right. It might be in Omicron. I'm not sure. Um, I, I think there's one in Indigo Prophecy as well. So, well, it has a completely different uh, connotation to it, but she is put into that scenario that I've played up to, like at the maybe the five six hour mark. Uh-huh. You'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, it doesn't sure. it doesn't directly reference to anything like sexual assault, but I wouldn't doubt it because I, I looked it up. I looked up how long to beat Detroit Become Human, yep. and uh, it's interesting because the range of beating it is from eleven to twenty hours. That's yes. a big range. Depending on how fast you accidentally kill off all your characters. But like getting to that point, uh, the scene with Kara we were just talking about, uh, the the timeline of events for that, they they just kept, they just keep getting bigger and bigger. 
it's insane how many choices there are. And the person yeah. I was watching play, he made a choice and it skipped like half the half the timeline. Really? So, yeah, not half the timelines. So over, over well, you're making me feel but, I was like, because there's been a, I goofed up a couple, once or twice. I'm not going to lie. I, I was like, oh, crap. I accidentally killed off one of the characters. And then they came back. I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay, so hopefully... <laughs> I don't. Does that mean I missed half his storyline, and you know I just haven't seen him in a while? But also, I want to point out: screw uh, trailers, because I was looking up uh, a trailer for uh, a different game in our game release this week. Yep. And it, it did a, a trailer ad for uh, you know Detroit Become Human. Showed more things I've never seen before. Like <laughs> I'm like showing this guy with this thing, showing this you know this person doing this. I'm like. Yep, I didn't yep, know they're yep. gonna do that. It yep. has absolutely no reference to like actual story beat spoilers, but I don't want to see them doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of those are probably some of the the old E three conference footages because I know they've done the Connor one like the past two years or something like that. But before that, they had a Kara one, and then they had a Marcus one that's well later in the story as well. So that might might yeah, have been what yeah, was going yeah, on. yeah yeah no the the Marcus one that I think that was one they uh, uh, debuted with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that happens quite late in the story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Still, so, yeah. Uh, I'd like to point out that the whole uh, being able to access or use uh, actions and stuff, the whole, you know, quarter turn of a thumbstick really messed with me. Like the first 10 minutes got totally used to it because it feels like I'm doing Street Fighter moves. Yeah. It still <laughs> seems really janky, though, like later on, except for Connor. It seems really janky for uh, Kara and uh, Marcus. I, yeah. I do get frustrated every now and then because sometimes it's like right in front of me. It says, you know, do a quarter uh, you know, from bottom to the right. And I do it. But for some reason it thinks I'm not actually close enough. So it just rotates the camera instead, you know, pans to the right. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. You know, it's tough, too, because they like they developed this whole sort of uh, gameplay system back in like 2010 with Heavy Rain, I believe. And then they haven't really changed it since they haven't you know, done anything major to fix those problems because people have had complaints all the way through. Beyond oh, Two yeah. Souls was was terrible with that when you had to dodge uh, punches and you just had to do it on the direction of the body, maybe arms and you didn't have props. And it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. So they really just need to, you know, for the next game, definitely uh, fix something, fix something about the system. So. There is a lot of things besides uh, non-allegorial uh, references that, like, I, I'm not kidding. I really did tear up. I don't know if it's because I was hungover from drinking too much vodka. <laughs> and, you know, but there are some serious moments in the very beginning of the game that, you know, abuse and whatnot. I got very upset because there is things that they're telling me that I could and could not do as a Android. And it's like, do I obey the game or do I personally break out? Like there was a command that told me, "Don't you dare freaking yep. move!" I remember that. Yep. And you got to stand there. It's like, do I stop this person from make you know doing terrible things to his uh, daughter, or do I you know do I just sit there you know win the game by not doing anything? And it's like that's not winning a game. I can't allow that. And mm-hmm. it's exactly what they wanted you to do. They wanted you to question and doubt authority. Because they you know, adults you to, are bad. They wanted you to become human. They, yeah, I think yeah. I think on that aspect, uh, on the psychological, some parts of it, like they've done really well, um, despite the story and the writing being on the nose. Uh, the way they portrayed some actions, like the scenario you just described, where it forces you to make a choice whether you want to play the game or you want to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and there are some truly like heartwarming moments. Um, one of my favorite characters is not a playable character. His name is Luther. I love Luther. Oh, Luther. Yep, he's a cool guy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I haven't, you, can. you haven't it, seen him yet. Yeah, I won't spoil anything for you. But yeah, no, like it's 
if even without playing, I'd give it a solid six and a half, seven, just because That's I so don't heartbreaking. Just because I haven't played it. Yeah, right? I like. I swear, if you were to have to play this game, fresh experience, I feel like it would totally affect you differently. And I mean, I I do recognize that there's some games that are hit and miss with me. A game, a great game that people talk about and praise the high heavens. I'll play. I'm like, eh, it's crap. But then there's some games where it's like everybody, nobody else, you know, it's like. Wow, this game's actually fantastic. Wow, why are you guys not, you know, praising this thing like it's crazy? And to me right now, Detroit Become Human, it's it's so good. I like I've been absorbed with the the story beats the entire time and yes, I recognize that things are over the top as Cam says. I don't care. I'm so used to over exaggerated game, you know, functions that this is something, you know, normal to me. And maybe if they don't want to do a passive, you know, casual stuff, they're afraid people won't get the the proper vibe. They're like, oh, this is a boring story about aliens who want, you know, to make wishes to the fairy godmothers to become human. No, there's reasons why these people, oh, sorry, these things want to have uh, human emotion and logic and the correlation between that and the adjustment to humans not liking them at all. I, I Sorry, I really phrased that wrong. But I guess my point is, I've never considered the idea of what it would be like for an Android to be that level of humanity or human and the results of that. Now I do want to make it interesting because the whole mentions of the three pathways, I mean, one essentially is like on the, the side of the law and it's like, you know, the cop that gets looked on by everybody. And then you got a, a, another person that is doing the, uh, I'm being persecuted to the high heavens. So now I got to do something that's actually well known as the uh, great, uh, the underground railroad, similar thing. And then there's a third thing that eventually evolves. And this is light spoilers. I'll put it very loosely. They start the, you know, the, the black Panthers group kind of thing. And it's like, okay. David Cage, you say there's no allegories. However, you are making a lot of uh, clear allegories. It's you know, fist there's bump no allegories, Tyler. Bad. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry, David Cage. I'm sorry. I, I know the Black Panther group. Uh, why am I saying Black Panther? That that's a movie, but no, no, I think you're right though. Um, the, uh, it's a movie and just a movie and the superhero in the comics. Well, they, they like there's running revolution and trying to make things right from the inside out. And each person has this uh, type of story. And I'm OK with that. It, it's exaggerated in some ways. And I don't know what to expect. I was kind of hoping that the three of them would interact with each other more. So far, I've only seen one scene of two people getting close to each other. Mm-hmm. No one's actually talked to each other. yet. that's kind of frustrating for me. So. I guess take that for what you will. It's three different stories that have, you know, similar impacts on each other. And I'm kind of hoping to see what it's like at the end, because I feel like there's an overlooming mystery as uh cam kind of mentioned, like what makes them so smart and how can they be human? Like they haven't mentioned it yet. There's been references like, Oh, you know, you are the, the smartest prototype that we've made so far but there's something going on and people or these robots are doing things on their own volition and we don't know why you need to find out mm-hmm. and it's all happening in Detroit for some reason because that's where we put the game. Yep. 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 yep, yep. So it's difficult because um, like if you think about it, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> at what point does, does a machine become human? Right. Uh, beyond like the direct reference to the video game. Like at what point do we start classifying things as, Oh, having humanistic, characteristics and what if they were just programmed to be that way and then we don't know so 
again, like some of these things just because of the kind of courses I'm taking and then me seeing playthrough of it and then reading articles to catch up for this episode. It's just very, um, it's, it's very immersion breaking to having even like, even if oh. they reveal it all the way at the end as to what happened, there's always things that you can do w via storytelling that sort of tells you, okay, something happened. There's nothing here that tells you in any way what happened. Yeah, and wherever you're going to fall in terms of the, you know, the sentience thing, you know, uh, that depends on where you fall in terms of free will and determinism in the first place, because it could also just apply to humans, whatever you apply to androids. But uh, yeah, there's no allegories. My, my, no, Android. No, 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 not at all. No, my, only, uh, my big overarching feeling, though, is like I really like over the top stuff. It's some of my favorite stuff. I like the silly stuff. I like crazy over the top stuff. But what he's doing is trying to write a very, very pushed forward, hand fisted on the nose story and playing it off as profound. And that's what I don't respect. If it was played off like some sort of, you know, if it was a big, silly Android story with big, silly, goofy Androids and goofy Android stuff. Great. Awesome. You know, fun times. But it's the part where the attempting to be deep and attempting to tell some sort of, uh, you know, deep, profound story while not doing that. And every beat that you're setting up being, being some sort of sur surface level writing. Um, I wouldn't say sin necessarily, but it, it's just a matter of uh, anybody, I'll put it this way, right? Anybody can decide they're going to make a story about androids being oppressed and then just have people kick them around. Right. It takes somebody much, much uh, more well-versed in writing to say, okay, but how are we going to show this in ways that are uh, realistic? How are we going to show this in ways that are unique, uh, subtle, and uh, nuanced and not in just a, you know, oh, you're oppressed sort of way? Because what it feels like right now is you're getting a finger pointed at you or you're getting pushed into a corner and yelled at, you are oppressed, you are oppressed, you are oppressed. And and that's that's the way that they show you're oppressed versus telling you through the game. I mean, There's a difference between told you're oppressed and then feeling like it. I mean, with... I guess Connor, that does make sense. The the just a constant pressure of him being in that inner sphere of oppression, if we're gonna call it that. But I feel like they also give good reasons. Like for example, Kara, the reason why she's in such trouble is not really because they keep saying, "Oh, she's oppressed." You know, we we have a, a bad dysfunctional setting that she's put in, and eventually she's forced to make a, a hard choice that breaks her own logic of you know being an android she has to make that decision and it doesn't really show her being oppressed strictly so much i mean the guy's yelling at her doesn't you know turn on the dang lights you know give me my water <laughs> dirty androids took my job now i hired one. <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's super open with that too you know it's um I remember a really good one where you get in front of the TV and he yells at you too and stuff like that. But yeah, no, that the abuse scene, I, I like the abuse scene more in terms of um, in terms of that, because that can be depending on like there is abuse that's like that. There is abuse that that's that persuasive and stuff like that. But I don't believe that that's he wrote that knowing how abuse works. I think he wrote that because that's how he thinks abuse works. And he happened to be correct in a crazy scenario. Uh, because he thinks that abuse is, you know, always 100% of the time going to be like, oh, you're bad at everything. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to, you know, everything you're doing is shit. Go do yeah, this. Yeah, it's kind of out of the blue how yeah. mad he gets, too. And yeah. now I understand that, you know, Androids might have took his job. So his response, instead of supporting his family, is to immediately go into a fictional drug habit. Yeah. And then, you know, give up finding a job, dwell into drugs and booze, drive his you know significant other out with his issues and then proceeds to take it all out on his daughter because apparently it's her fault yep there was it's a like really the man who used to work at the printing press and then now bought a uh you know one of the new print like 
paper company bought a new printing press and just keeps it in the corner of his house and yells at it every day gets like a drink gets into a drinking problem takes it out of his child it's like the same thing right so some of it is a bit um, and then he buys an ipad which can show his newspaper on yeah. it and he's like this is your fault you took my job away <laughs> the scene in that that actually had me laughing a little bit just a little bit was he oh, tells boy. you he tells you to go do the laundry uh, and if you go to do the laundry in the bleach for the laundry, you find his drugs. Like, and he told I you to do the laundry. Yeah, he told you to go do the laundry. And I never got told to do laundry. There are there are drugs in there. And then he comes and chokes you for finding the drugs in the laundry he told you to do. It's that, really it, it's a it's a fun time. That is some uh, Uncle Vernon Harry Potter level crap. <laughs> There's right. no such thing as drugs. Let me shake you for a little bit. <laughs> I'm just a victim of certain. I don't care. I don't want to have you face my own problems. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but there are no allegories, though. Not even to Harry Potter. That no, didn't happen. No, no never, wrong. never, never. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Never. No, crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, final verdict for first impressions of Detroit Become Human? Yeah, what I expected. Kind of like what I said at the beginning. Okay. Not not saying that's the worst thing in the world, but I expected a sort of like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful visual and writing wise, like, a, yeah, David Cage kind of game where it's going to be on the nose. And it was so far. Um, but see, I'm, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, definitely worth a play. It's not it's not something to ignore. It's worth a play 100 um, percent. But I'm not blown away by it or anything like that, really. OK, Nick, yeah. if I had a PS4, I'd buy it. I'd buy it and play through it. How much is it, by the way, out of curiosity? Uh, 60. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't pay that dollars. I, I don't yeah. whatever. Canadian <laughs> 79 it'll be 79 Ooh, yeah. over here uh, i would say that this is a fantastic game and definitely best of its kind uh, i can't think of a similar you know choosing well aquatic dream style game i mean maybe there could be a telltale kind of game that could you know surpass it but i really don't think so i don't i don't, I don't think a uh, telltale game has enough uh beauty in it be able to pull it off i think walking dead uh the first season of walking dead does beat most of the quantic dream games but that's just me oh okay fair enough well definitely one of my favorite games probably my favorite game to come out this year besides god of war Mm. it's a a good close second well if we're gonna put a nail in that since we're almost an hour in i guess uh we should uh start on the the rest of the crap yeah let's Uh, let's let's go into uh questions we have two questions uh, the first one is, what is the longest consecutive time you spent binging on a game? Now, that, this isn't like total over the course of a year. How many hours straight have you sat down and just plowed right through a game? Okay, so without break, basically. I mean, we can allow 10-minute breaks to the pee and eat and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Not, you know, I got to go to work. No, there's no work. This is probably going to be during high school or unemployment periods. Yep, yep. So can I clarify, is this a, so if we go to sleep, it's over. So this is like in a single day, how much? Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Or I mean, we stayed can, up. unless yeah. you want to bring up new rules to this whole thing, do we allow, you know, five to eight hours to sleep for this? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because I, I would say, say yes. yeah, all right, cool. As then, soon as you wake up, you're playing. All right. Yep. Uh, for me then, I think either Skyrim at launch in 2011, because that was about, I think, a week straight of just sleeping very little and playing that. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, Breath of the Wild, because I was on spring break and I wasn't doing anything the whole week. So I played, I believe, I played it, I think, 66 hours. That's in a good use six spring days. That's like a 10 out of 10 use yeah. of break. Fantastic. Good but job. But I think I, I did 66 hours in six days. So I think that's mine. But Skyrim might have beat that. Might have beat that. It's funny you should say that because for me, it was a, the exact same time period, but a different game. Oh, uh, It's not as long as you. It was uh, for probably three days. Anytime I was awake and able to do, you know, not work or anything, 
like I'm talking like maybe 10 hours, 14 hour days put into this game until I was able to beat it. And then I tried 100%ing it. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Mm. Like I said, came out around the same time Skyrim did. Uh, it was weird because I was living with my parents at the time and they ran a flea market during the weekend. Like they that's ran a lucky. store. Oh, that's lucky. And, but the problem was they wanted me to help them work during the weekend. You know, uh, look at these Pokemon cards and try to figure out how much they cost, son. That way I can sell them off and not ever give them to you. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Great childhood. Anyways, no, I'm just kidding. He let me have a, quite a bit of Pokemon cards. <laughs> uh, however, I refused to go to work with them because, A, I didn't get paid. It was more like I do that. I get to have a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. I told the dad. I'm locking myself in this house. I'm playing nothing but Skyward Sword until this game is over or until I die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd wake up five o'clock in the morning. I'd play until, you know, eight or nine at night until I passed out. And then, you know, I would eat very quickly and go right back into it. And this happened three or four days in a row. And eventually my dad's like, you need to get off this game. I was like, well, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I have like 80% of the heart pieces and I beat the game already. So I was actually going to do hero mode, but you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have to put another 34 <laughs> hours in this game. I, I guess I'll, you know, I'll, ha- I'll have a life. But yep. then he was like, why don't you sell that game? That way you can get some money back. Nope. Sell right. that game to this day. I refuse to sell a Zelda game unless it's Triforce Heroes. Yep. Don't sell. So, I, I would just say as a collector, right? Don't sell your games in general because right. I always regret it. If I haven't, but if I've lost them or something, or if I threw out the cases, I always regretted it every time. There are some disgusting people out there that have the gall to say, after I beat a game, I'd much rather have the money than the chance to replay the memories. And those people are horrible people. Bad people. Not I'm even not going to name memories. names. You know, for me, it's funny, too, because often I won't even replay them. But having them is important. It, it's satisfying <laughs> knowing that you have the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's why I, I guess I'm a bigger fan of digital, because I don't have much of a choice unless the system blows up. But... Like, I still have a whole slew of GameCube and Wii games and Wii U games. I don't even have a Wii anymore. I guess I could play it on the Wii U. I don't even think my GameCube works. Doesn't matter. I want to keep those games. I have games that are worth like $150 up there that, you know, I will not sell even if I was like the most broke because the memories are more important than selling it off. Now, for people that don't have the space, probably shouldn't have bought it in the first place. Maybe you, uh, <laughs> maybe you're a hoarder. I'm sorry. Maybe should have thought about that before. But, <laughs> Yes, uh, I was afraid to say this before on different shows. I am happy to openly say it here on Casual Master Quest. I don't like people that sell their games, especially if they sell their games within like two weeks of the buying it. (sighs) I've done it. I did it once because I was unemployed at the time. Like last year, I was very upset with myself. I sold off Mario Rabbids Mm -hmm. or uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle and that's okay. Then that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> now mario plus rabbits was a fantastic game arms i played for all of an hour and a half and immediately never played it again so it's like i told myself i'm never going to touch this again problem is though i love mario plus rabbits but i really wanted super mario odyssey mm-hmm. yeah. and well, so a good I, because when you sell mario x rabbits you don't have to have rabbits in your house and that's a good thing so that Look, I, I would never play another rabbits game unless I was in high school. It's still a great game, man. Even if it, you know, had those damn things in it. We were talking about Android racism. I have rabid racism. I hate rabbits a lot. Yeah! They're worse than minions. No, I, I say this a lot. They're worse, worse than, than minions. They are the 
progenitor of minions. I know, but they're worse because the at least purest form of evil. At least minions try to talk. Rabbits just scream. It's they 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 just scream. It's what are you not talking great. about? They, they make gutter like rah, rah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't like rabbits. Take a selfie. It's a joke. It's a joke on the uh, on the other shows and stuff. But me and rabbits don't get along. So it stinks because I I do like get annoyed whenever I see product of minions, mm-hmm. and I feel like I would be even more upset if I saw a pro- like uh, a rabbit's t shirt or a rabbit's backpack. But you don't get to see that stuff, so you know, out of sight, out of mind, I guess. Oh yeah, yep, that's yeah, definitely a way to go about that. Yeah, bless you, Rayman Legends. Freaking though, <laughs> poor Rayman though. Uh. So this kind of ties to uh, the second question. What is your unpopular gaming opinion this week? I, I think I put mine down already. People mm-hmm. that sell their games, especially the sooner, the worse. It, they're terrible people. Yes. Yeah, so you didn't even ask me how what my consecutive time. So is. how long have you, Nick? How long <laughs> have you spent the longest time benching on a game? Um, good say. <laughs> I'm waiting for the I don't know now. <laughs> like after calling um, out. I mean, I don't know, only in the sense that it like my longest in a day yeah. was that one day where I played Destiny One on a Saturday from four PM to three AM. Mm-hmm. So twenty-three straight hours. Now did you play it the next day too? Like yeah, just no, we played the night before. We played earlier that day too, break for lunch. We played the day before. I put in we put in crazy amount of hours. And this was when we were like first year, second year, so we had yeah. the time for it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like a game as a whole and just binging over days, that's hard. It's come it'll come down to between Rimworld, Star Dew Valley, and uh The Witcher 3. Because those wow. games, those games, I, all I wanted to do was wake up and play. Yeah, you didn't want to live. That was no, my, uh, yeah. I, I do have some dark periods. I was going to use in my example for World of Warcraft, where it's like sun up to sundown, or the opposite, sundown to sun up, depending <laughs> on how late I wanted to stay. And you know, I've had those nights. I know you. You laugh, Nick, because you know. Uh, no, I know what it's like. Like when you see the sun up, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> mistakes are made. Time to get breakfast. Let's power through it, mm-hmm. or just pass out and wake up at two, three o'clock in the afternoon and say, yep. "Oh man, I'm late. I got to keep playing." <sighs> well, I'm late. Might as well not go and just keep doing what I was doing. Well, I- I'm sorry, Nick. Uh, that was that was rude of me to cut you out. You are first for this. One. What is your you. unpopular gaming opinion of this week? Even though I already give mine, so I guess you're not first. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> Um, you want to preach to the masses? What's something that you want to say? I've Ooh. got, I've got nothing. I'm not. I'm trying to think of the hottest take I can pull out. <laughs> I'm same. I'm trying. <laughs> well, um, Detroit yeah. Become Human is a potential game of the year contender, and I think that I mean, is that's false. Popular opinion. That's that a very is. unpopular opinion. So yeah. I can uh, between us, I, it might be really <laughs> popular on the internet. So. Uh, I guess, uh, so far, from what I've seen, the internet everyone's kind of making fun of the game. Really? But, yeah. Yeah. yeah I saw I saw an article game. that said uh, Detroit, you uh, become human is a dumb butt game. <laughs> That's a good article. That's, that was uh, a, wow. Classy. Is that a Kotaku article? <laughs> no, I have no, no idea. I'm sure. Uh, what's it called? They're actually sitting at a 79 right now on Metacritic. And if you've looked at the video game scores are weighted differently, a 79 on Metacritic's not great. Not no, that's great. That's so disappointing. Oh <laughs> uh, man, somebody put me out. Uh, you know, uh, Quantic Dreams. If you want to like try to shoehorn me into a video game, uh, <laughs> critic standpoint of high power, I will like praise you to the high heavens. Just retweet everything I say, okay? Just yeah, yeah, check me out. 
trying uh, to think about yeah what what would be an unpopular gaming opinion that i could throw out i'm trying to think of the um, hottest take my I unpopular have. gaming opinion is that i think microsoft is going to do great at e3 this year that's i know i won't i won't disagree with that i will not disagree with that because microsoft does a good job at e3 every single year but then fails to actually do what they said Oh no, but I think Microsoft's <laughs> gonna follow through this time. You do? Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah. That's not okay, so it's moved on to like a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's like now I wanna uh, validate that. No, but, but no, have you guys um seen the uh the new controller they put out? Yes, yes. the building controller. Yeah. Oh that's that's amazing. That what is. about that pro controller for the PlayStation 4 people? Come on, it looks sweet. <laughs> I'm not kidding, it looks cool. <laughs> yes, it did, it's but like yeah. a hundred and fifty dollar controller too. Oh yeah, the new it's pro controller. Uh, man, we are burning through time since we don't have uh, much for the news since we, you know, add all for the tots topic of the show, baby. Yeah, I'm still trying to get an unpopular opinion out. Um, whew, I got to think of something. Yeah, I need some uh, I need some motivations, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, what, what are popular video game tropes this year? Uh, PS4 has no games. No, that's not even true anymore. <laughs> uh, Switch Xbox has, has no games. Switch uh, has been doing crazy too much ports. Uh, it doesn't have any good original games coming out. Okay, uh, then I don't believe that, but so I don't have that opinion. Uh, but okay. that, that is one. Uh, the Vita will be that. strong this year. <laughs> hey man, hey man. I'm not listen. Mumble Love's coming out. In that. Love's coming out in June, physical. But hey, uh, you know it might be. It might be. I could go with uh, physical uh-huh. games. Physical uh-huh. games. Oh no, actually. Um, this isn't really an unpopular opinion, but it should be said that um, what's called always online games are a huge mistake and a huge problem. I mean, I feel like uh, that's only divisive between people that play the games and people that make the games. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I would say then, okay, how about Gen 5? Pokemon Gen 5 is actually really, really good. Let's this see. Gen 5, uh, that is black and white. Black and white. Is black and white two Gen six technically, or is no, that also- black two and white two are still Gen five? Yep. Okay. Um, that's I, good. I have conflicting feelings about gen 5. i've never played pokemon black and white so black yeah two white two were fantastic games people um, hate I, gen 5 <laughs> I, I think, really i think the designers for the pokemon of gen 5 were a little high uh, Wait, I actually no part. uh black and white's the one where they have n right yeah oh yeah. so i have played the first one but i played just a beta i think on an emulator but i never touched two for sure like i i didn't get into it like i did before with uh ruby and sapphire but <laughs> Oh, sorry, Diamond and Pearl. Diamond and Pearl I played a lot of. Yeah. And of course, right after that was... It I was put 225 Sun hours into Platinum. Is nice. Sun and Moon after Black and White too? No, yes. X and Y. No, X and Y. X and y. Yep. yep, okay. Yeah. I played a lot of that one too, but Black and White, I barely touched. Mm-hmm. Played, yeah, a lot, of people, uh, a lot of people really didn't like it. A lot of people really didn't like it. I actually recorded an entire side contents worth of episode on why Gen 5 should be appreciated more. Um, I don't think it's up anywhere right now. Oh, no, it, it's actually... I don't know if it might might be up on my other project site. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. I if mean, if you need a place to put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe. <laughs> well, it was up on SoundCloud for a while, but I think I took it down to put up Pokemon rumor talks. So, uh, but yeah, but yeah, so that's, that's one right there. Uh, other than that, you know, the Vita's underappreciated. The Vita was great. Of course, and uh, of course. people didn't respect it as much as right. it should have. Yes. The Vita um, was great. Mm-hmm. Maybe... The 3DS needs to die, but I think a lot of people are coming around to that. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I think the 3DS needs an update, um, and it actually needs two foldable screens that come out from underneath it because mm-hmm. you can't have too many screens. Yep. Like, 4DS? <laughs> no, it's, uh, 
an atheist. An atheist. The 3DS needs an update where what you do is you you take the screen, right? And you extend it a little bit and you put two detachable controllers on the side. Oh, right. don't forget the uh the oh, I think I'm gonna say turn it into a Vita. So I was gonna say don't forget no, the, no, uh, no. the backwards. But the uh, true update, screen. the true update that the 3DS really the joke needs is just have switch. You just chuck it out of your window. <laughs> oh, that's heartbreaking. It's old. Oh man, I can see my 3DS down there. It's all dusty and crap. No, I will it's never get rid of it. My 3DS will just no. sit in the corner forever. But you know, and I, it would still hold the charge too. It will still yeah. hold the charge. That's that's the amazing thing about Nintendo's hardware philosophy, at least to some parts of it. Mm-hmm. If you turn that thing it. off and you leave it alone for two years, it'll still have a full charge. It will still that's, have a full charge. Yeah, and they Nintendo. always with uh, with the kids dropping it in their mind. Yep. So whenever they're designing stuff, they're like, all right, let's start dropping things mm-hmm. and then see how we can make it not break on the first. Oh, I don't want to hear drops. that. I dropped a 2DS and shattered the screen. Yeah, you're just unlucky, Tyler. Well, well, I, well to be fair, the Nintendo mines actually ran out after the DS era. So it started becoming a little bit more brittle after that because they were using Nintendo, which was the strongest uh, uh, substance known to man. Yes, and, yes. Yeah, that and was the, unbreakable. Anything, after, the only thing that's stronger than Nintendo is Nokium. Yep. Uh, oh, I was going to say... Uh, Notable references is adamantium, which is you know the material used in Wolverine's uh you know, yeah. also the uh, the wrapping around uh, the nineteen. No, but that's CDs. a comic book, Tyler. We need to talk about real materials. <laughs> okay, yeah, like sorry. Nintendo. But the wrappings around nineteen ninety CDs were so vicious, you could not get that thing no. ripped apart, save your life. Uh well, crap. Uh, game releases. Let's do game releases. Do we game releases. Yeah, keep it going. Game releases. Harvest Moon Light of Hope coming out for the PlayStation 4 and Switch. Now, I've never played a Harvest Moon game. Uh, don't worry. Me neither. In fact, it, it was funny. Uh, the last thing I was supposed to do was to uh, play Harvest Moon for a like a game history lesson thing. And I, I watched two hours. And I was like, I'm never going to play this game. This is terrible. <laughs> so there's been there's a thing with modern Harvest Moon that's really interesting where modern Harvest Moon isn't the same game as Harvest Moon in the past was. Right. Uh, Tale of Seasons, isn't it? Right. It's Story of Seasons. There was story a spinoff where the I think it's Natsume, the actual Japanese developers started making Story of Seasons and then the Western developers continued making Harvest Moon. So they're not the same people behind it. And the games right. have a lot of people feel they've suffered in quality since the scores, mm-hmm. scores haven't been as high and all that so i know uh i have a friend who's very much into those sort of sim games and she's just completely ignoring uh this one uh just just because you know she she feels that between the other options that have been out for a few years she's been getting in on those but yeah so this harvest moon may not be the same as ones you played in the past but uh it's not going to be a terrible game it'll probably just be okay decent ikaruga coming out for the switch also yeah. this week uh, I have no idea what that is. What is that? that? Uh, shoot him it's up. It's a bullet hell game. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, a top down, you know, trying to dodge uh, energy balls of death. Also, they have terrible okay, I see. Yon, yon human trailers attached to his ads. That was very upsetting. It was just like a fun shoot em up game. Yeah, yeah. Ikaruga was, is actually, it's the historical successor to a game called Radiant Silver Gun, which was a Sega Saturn game. And yeah. uh, this was originally on the Dreamcast. It was on GameCube as well. Now they're finally bringing it to Switch. And, uh, you know, it's, that's that's a really great thing to have on Switch because, uh, man, there's this co-op and that's perfect for it, honestly, with Joy-Cons. So. Well, you know what's not coming out on the Switch? That is the Sega Genesis Classic Collection. So many different games uh, for the Sega Genesis all bundled up. It was originally four discs worth of games because there was four different volumes. Mm-hmm. This one has all four of them combined into one coming out for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, but not Switch because yep. apparently Switch is not cool. Yep. 
Still can't figure that one out. Kind of, you know, messed with me. Yeah, it might come to it later or something, but yeah, but I thought about that too last time that this like something like this came out from yeah. Sega. It just got skipped. And However, they removed a few things. They removed uh, two eco games. Echo, eco, yep. yep. Um, echo, the dolphin, and echo yep. the kinds oh, of time. Echo. I yeah. thought you meant Ico, like Shadow of the Colossus and Oh um, yeah, Ico, yeah. And then yeah. they removed Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic Ooh. the Hedgehog. Ooh. Ow, that hurts. Those are some heavy fun. hitters. Why would they do that? Just shoot They've added Alien Soldier, Biohazard Battle, Columns Three, Crackdown, Galaxy Force Two, Gunstar Heroes, Landstalker, Light Crusader, That's Shadow awesome. Dancer, The Secret of Shinobi, Space Harrier Two, Sword of Vermilion, The Revenge eh, of Shinobi, Toe Jam and Earl in Panic on Funkotron, Toe Jam and Earl, Virtue of Fighter Two, Wonder Boy Three, Monster Lair, Wonder Boy in Monster. Breathe some time, Nick. I'm done. Okay. Uh, Alien Soldier is. I don't actually know if we got a port of that in North America, but it was in Europe and it was in Japan. That's probably one of the best looking uh, 16-bit era games that there are. Uh, everybody really needs to take a look at Alien Soldier. My friend actually imported a copy. It was a uh, repro cart, but we played it over at my house on the Genesis, and it was awesome. It was awesome. The the fluidity of the animation, even with the being you know 16-bit and sprite and that sort of thing, it was absolutely beautiful. So that's really cool that the Alien Soldier's there. Also, Gunstar Heroes. Awesome. Awesome. That's that's really good too. That's a uh, uh, also a shoot 'em up of sorts. One could say so. Stuff in there. Street, stuff in there. Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Edition coming out for everything except for the Vita and 3DS. Rip. Rip. Uh, pretty much any home console you can think of, plus the PC, it's coming out. Uh, all of these are marked for May 29th, which is weird because that is not a Friday. That yeah. is a. Uh, Tuesday. Oh, okay. I'm wondering if these are placeholder dates, but you think they'd either do the first or the thirty-first. So, uh, what's called game releases traditionally are either Tuesday or Friday. So that it's on a Tuesday means it's probably coming out on Tuesday. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, they're not big name things, so I mean, I guess they could be a big name for some people. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool too because this is the thirtieth anniversary collection, right? So they have. Oh, you hear some noise below me. Sorry about that. There's a motorcycle going on. But uh, they have all the Street Fighter games, all the versions of the Alpha games and all of that, and all the way up to, I don't remember if they have one or four. If they don't have four or not, I don't remember. Uh, there might have been some controversy about that they didn't have four, but they had everything else. But I, I don't remember whether it had four or not. But still, you had, you know, one, two, all the versions of two, uh, three, all the Alphas, all of that, Third Strike, all the good stuff. So there's a okay. lot in there. Fair enough. Well... That was uh that was the show from the you know in a nutshell we are actually almost right on schedule we have five minutes left to okay. uh, pretty much uh, wrapping stuff up here Nick go ahead I know you want to do it because I removed this from the segment and it magically reappeared so if you want to talk <laughs> about a certain topic go right ahead all I, all I want to do is remind people about St Jude's and Guardian Con and what they're doing to raise money for childhood cancer um, if you go to guardiancon.co um, you'll be able to find links to donate and then maybe help eradicate childhood cancer. Yep. Put that in the ground. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, I guess, uh, well, I, I guess you can email us over at casualmasterquest dot or at gmail.com. If you that feel way, like it. If you feel like it, you can totally send us questions, comments, and concerns, whatnot. We'd love to hear it. So far, I keep hearing uh, wonderful deals from people who want to make my podcast big. Yep. All of them bots and the you know constant people just repeat them themselves. I'm surprised like, you haven't take, taken any of them up on their offers. I've counter offered them, but they never respond. <laughs> like I, I tell you what, I'll give me a year trial. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll make it happen. <laughs> I'll make it happen. I only ever got one real one of those, actually. That, that that was actually a thing that was like, oh, wow, this is a real thing, and it worked. Uh, so it's there's a lot out there, man. Yes, yeah, a lot of scam stuff. Uh, our team on Twitter is at MasterQuestPod. All podcasts and game can be found on our YouTube channel, which we'll link with the Twitter because we don't have the cool 100 subscribers yet. Uh, next episode. Nope. Sorry. Two more episodes. We'll get to be on Spotify once we have five uh, episodes to throw on. So hopefully uh, if you like Spotify, that's where we'll, we will be back in a couple of weeks. Cool. Cool. Uh, you can find myself on Twitter at two times Tyler. Nick, where, where can we find you, bud? You can find me on Twitter at LRWarrior11 and also on Mixer at Mixer. No, Mixer.com forward slash LRWarrior11. And I stream very sporadically right now, but that's my main places to be. i mean can people uh for mixer look at previous uh streams if they yes just they can watch? yes okay. they can but but this is the first time i've ever been anywhere on the internet with a camera so oh yeah so there's all uh no cam streams yeah so i've made my internet <laughs> oh, yeah. debut right here oh boy th- that's exciting yeah <laughs> I'm looking at my green screen over there when I used to green screen myself when I played video games. Ah, it was terrible and fun. Camp, <laughs> where can we find you? Uh, you can find me over at Cam Collects on Twitter, also at twitch.tv slash Cam Collects, where I stream Monday nights at 7 and Saturday mornings at 9. Those are both in Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, I'm trying to think of a good joke or something here. Uh, what's the difference between an Android and a uh, father? Nothing. What? No allegories. Oh, I was going to say it. An Android can support a family. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, I see what you're doing there. All right. Cool, cool. Anyways, uh, the, the joke was I, I goofed up in the joke. The joke is the, the car situation with the bad dad. That's the joke. Yeah, sure. Bad okay. dad. Uh, <laughs> anyways, that was Casual Master Quest, episode three. We got to talk quite a bit about you know Detroit Become Human. Next week, we'll dive into the dirty with E3. Yeah, it's time. It's Oh, man, it's time. I've, I've been pushing it off because here's my uh, second unpopular opinion, uh, opinion. I hate E3. Okay, yeah, that's controversial. You should have used that one. You should have used I, that one. I hate I want E3. Yeah, it's my favorite thing of the year. It's actually my favorite days in the entire year. So we have to fight now. You know, I like my announcements sprinkled throughout the year. I don't like this big fancy event that <laughs> I can't go to and otherwise suffer if I wanted to be there physically. I never get a chance to go, you know, actually watch these things live. So it never gave me a chance to be interested in anyways. I, I mean, don't like E3. You should, everybody should just use their work vacation to uh, do E3. That's what I do. It's definitely yeah, sure. the, best, the best use of your vacation as far as I'm concerned. So, well, okay. <laughs> it's funny because uh, I actually requested a few days off to go to a different convention over in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Con. Oh. Uh have you guys heard of a podcast called Drunks and Dragons? Uh, maybe briefly. I can it's, assume what it is. It's a D&D podcast, yeah. and they got their own convention you know, once a year. I'm hoping to get to it. And then, of course, uh, did we get the confirmation from you, Nick, for uh, going to... Uh, oh, crap. What is that convention called over in Florida? Called Guardian Con. Guardian Con. Yeah, uh, I booked my tickets, my hotel, my hostel, everything like a month and a half ago. So Now, now do you need a passport since you're coming in from Canada? Yes, I do, because I'm not a Canadian citizen, right? And I'm still an Indian citizen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I need a passport. Uh, I'm flying from Vancouver to Dallas, Dallas to Florida, to Tampa Bay. I am so I sorry for the heat wave and humidity that you're going to see once you get to Houston. I am um, so sorry. Well, well, back home in Dubai, uh, the summer's going to hit about 52, and it's always 90,000% humidity. So I'm 
Just for a few days, I can deal with it. Good time. Fifty-two. That's Celsius. Damn. Yeah, 52 like, that's Celsius. Celsius. Oh my bad. I apologize. I apologize to any of our. No, uh, it's okay. That's approximately one hundred eight. One hundred twenty-five. One hundred twenty-five point six Fahrenheit. Oh God, that's terrible. Okay, jeez. Okay, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Thank you guys for watching, and don't forget to never stop the grind. See you guys. Thanks for coming. Bye bye. I love you. Bye. Love you.